When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris Carter here of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined today by Ray Fittipato. We're both in Indianapolis as the Combine Week is underway. While we didn't get to talk to GM Omar Khan, we we are getting ready to talk to the first prospects on Wednesday. We'll give you a look at the top defensive linemen who are going to who we're going to be talking to and why the Steelers should be looking at some of them harder than others. All that and a lot more here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, one of our great Steelers beat writers here at the Post-Gazette. As always, you can find our written work at post-gazette.com and find us here on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube every Monday through Friday, talking Pittsburgh Steelers as well as all of all the different sports teams. Uh, well, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for this show. It's every day for all the sports content from all the different sports writers we have. And as always, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they're on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park. They have the best beer selection in town over 500 different beers 300 of those beers are from the local area and 80 of those local beers are available on tap it's a great place to be more on them later ray we didn't get to talk to gm omar khan um you know there were some unfortunate circumstances there uh that made him not available to us and that's you know that those things happen i'm sure we'll get to talk to him at some point uh before before the draft but let's take a look at what what we do know will happen and that's that the defensive line and linebackers will be the focus of 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 today actually this is the wednesday episode so we're recording this on tuesday of course but let's look at defensive linemen and who are some of the people that are jumping off the board just where where they could be and and people that you think realistically the steelers could and should be interested in to add to their defense yeah i I don't think the steelers can really afford to be position specific Mm -hmm. um when you're talking about the defensive linemen so whether it's a three technique or a five technique, I think they just have to add to that group. Um, you know, Jerzon Newton from Illinois uh, is going to be a guy who's talked about in the coming weeks and months, uh, Byron Murphy from Texas. And of course, Darius Robinson. I had Darius Robinson mock mm-hmm. to the Steelers in my first uh, mock draft, had him uh, the Steelers taking him in the second round. Since then, Chris, he's kind of got a lot of first round, early second round buzz. So we'll see what happens. Obviously the combine this week will be very important for him in this draft process. So that's just three of the names off the top of my head. Um, 
The Fisk kid from Florida State is receiving a lot of buzz after the senior mm. bowl. He had a great week down there. Um, you see him rising up some draft boards. So not a great year for defensive linemen, but, um, you know, those four names probably are the top four. Um, just looking at it, those first, maybe early to mid to, to late second round guys. Let me ask you this about defensive linemen, because I, I think they, they, at least for a first year, they got a hit in Keanu Benton, and he's more of a physical run-stuffing type of defensive tackle who will live in the, in, in, in the inner, inner gaps and, and work really well there. Should they be going for another guy that's basically a lot like him, or should they be going for a guy who's maybe more tailored to be an interior pass rusher than Benton is? And not to say Benton can't get there to where yeah. he becomes much more proficient, but that's that was not that's not his forte. And, and maybe getting a person that's has that as their forte that might need to clean up their run to run defense skills is that the idea that you think they should be looking at here? Yeah, I mean, listen, the the way the NFL is today, Chris, you need that interior pass rush. Um, I wrote about the defensive line on Sunday between Larry Ogunjobi and Cam Hayward. They only had five sacks this year, and that's not nearly enough. No, um, I think Benton contributed one. Um, you know, so it just that the, the push wasn't there. And I, I think that was sorely missing from this defense this season. Obviously, TJ Watt had a great year. Alex Highsmith had, you know, a, a good year, I, I guess. But that was all from the outside. And if you're going to um, force quarterbacks to, to get the ball out sooner um, than they want, you need those interior guys to push the pocket um, inside. And it, it just wasn't there this year. So, you know, I, I think whether you could find those guys in this draft or not, yeah, that's to be determined. Um, you know, we just said it's not a deep draft for these guys. If you're going to get the best ones, you're probably going to have to take a swing at them in the first round. Um you know, we'll see if the Steelers are willing to do that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that inside pass rush is something the Steelers definitely have to bolster here um, this offseason, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. I, I agree that it's it's certainly a need. The Steelers led the NFL in sacks for like five straight years and then have dropped off now because it, you know, it kind of became, you know, last year when T.J. Watt was hurt, or well, I saw it's two seasons ago now, uh, Alex Highsmith led the charge. And Cam Hayward was good, but with no T.J. Watt for half the season and then even an injured one when he returned, they weren't the same pass rushers that they were uh, as a team. And then even this past year, Cam Hayward being hurt, you know, you know, kind of took away from that. He went from having 10 and a half and 10 sacks in his previous two seasons to just two this year. And uh, uh, then when you look at uh, you know, guys like Larry Ogunjobi not contributing as much and that not being Keanu Benton's specialty, it does add up to, you know, their the pass rush presence. Now, offensive lines can focus more on T.J. Watt. They can focus more on Alex Highsmith. And yeah. those guys still win theirs when they're double teamed sometimes. But you get right. give yourself better chances to get after the quarterback and to force offensive lines to have to communicate more. When, when there's a, a dominant presence who they have to be aware of at all times between A and B gap, the guards in the center – they're they're like talking okay we got to be aware for where he can be here he can be there what, what if he's twitting what's twisting what if he's stunting there, yeah. it gives the defensive coordinators and defensive line coaches uh, <coughs> Carl Dunbar and Terrell Austin um it, it gives them so much more to work with when you have versatility and skill there and I know DeMarvin Leal is is still on the team but he, he was a healthy scratch for like the second half of the season yeah. and to me that's a sign the Steelers could really use someone who will be a, you know, can be that pairing defensive tackle next to Keanu Benton for the next several years. Yeah. And there's only so many things you could do as a defensive coordinator 
poor defensive staff to make up for that. If you remember when Cam was on IR early in the season, mm-hmm. when their their inside linebackers were healthy, you you saw some some blitzing from the inside with Landon Roberts. They actually used Roberts in that role a little bit early. But when Cam came back and when the, the inside linebacking core was devastated by injury, Roberts pretty much just had to play inside linebacker, and they didn't really use him too much on inside blitzes anymore. So um, you know, they tried to make up for it when, when Cam was out, but it's never it was never really something they were able um, to solve. And I, I just think if you throw more numbers at the position, if you throw more players into the mix, and listen, maybe – Maybe you cut back Cam Hayward snaps. Maybe you cut back Larry Ogunjobi snaps and you you bring in somebody who can maybe, you know, not push them, but maybe somebody who can compliment them. I think that would go a long way towards, um, you know, making this defensive line better. And let's face it, Cam Hayward's 35, Larry Ogunjobi's 30. They got to get younger at some point. And I think the draft is a perfect place to do that if they can find the right guy in the first or second round. Absolutely. We still have a lot to discuss here. Defensive lines need, but also linebacker is a legitimate need. They also talk with the defensive lineman uh, on, on Wednesday. We'll talk more about them and more of the Steelers needs right after this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. You can always get a new one every time you, you go there because they, they have so many options. And every single day, they're rotating new things in all the time. So you can, you can always get a new experience no matter what kind of beer is your favorite. They're going to have it. And you go to Mike's Beer Bar, you also get to experience a great place for sport, to watch sports, over 20 televisions. You can even reserve a television to your specific game, no matter how obscure you think that game is. And also, they have great food like Steak on a Stone, where you get your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone. Every time you cut off a piece, you press it into the stone, and you choose how well done you want every single bite. Mike's Beer Bar, it's the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. So go there and, and see what I'm talking about. When you get there, tell them Chris sent you. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, breaking things down. All right, Ray, let's talk some linebackers real quick. Now, there is a guy who I've seen start to rise up, you know, the boards, the conversations. He, he was considered a third-round pick, but now people are starting to see his tape, and they're thinking, ah, he could be really good, and that's Peyton Wilson, the 6'4 linebacker out of NC State. I uh, got to see him in, in, in the ACC um, you know, you know, having covered Pitt, but he has an injury history. He has knee injuries. And I can tell you right now, Ray, that's probably, that might be the first question he's asked on the podium when he take when he takes it, uh, later, later today. And I think that's going to be a big question. You know, how comfortable do, do teams feel about his knees and his injuries? That was a factor that led to Darnell Washington falling down the boards to where the Steelers got him uh, in the late third in the late third round. Uh, when you look at a guy like Peyton Wilson, who has injury history, who has concerns about his knees, how much of a turnoff is that for you if you're if you're the, if you're the Steelers and you're trying to find players who will be with you for the long haul? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something you have to take into consideration. I mean, we saw what happened here with Devin Bush after his knee injury, um, you know, those things can, can be complicated. And, um, you know, there's, there's questions about whether um, players can come back from that. I think the good thing that Wilson has going in his favor is he played very well this past season mm-hmm. after those injuries. So I think he's, he's already answered some of those questions, but obviously, um, you know, uh, 
team doctors out here will get a really good look at them. You know, the scouts do their homework during the season on that aspect of it uh, as well. So I think most teams by the end of the combine will have a pretty good feel for that. Um, Wilson wasn't the senior boy. I got a chance to talk to him a little bit. He said he felt great, never felt better health-wise. So, um, you know, obviously that's good news for him and uh, his draft stock. Now, is his tape good enough to be a first-round pick, even overcoming all those injuries? We'll see. I I tend to see him more like in that second or third-round range. And uh, I I just think, Chris, it's a very difficult position for teams to scout now. you got to be able to do so many different things. you got to be able to – to obviously stop the run, you got to be able to cover, got to be able to blitz. It's just a really hard position for for NFL teams to navigate right now. It, it really is. It is a tough. It is a tough place. Um, you know, for for you know, for people to navigate. It's just the value of the position. It's so different than it used to be. Linebacker used to be like the prized position of the defense, kind of like our running back used to be the prized position on offense back in the day in the NFL. Now it's like you can have a great linebacker, but if you don't have great corners, it don't matter. And, and people have kind of push that, that 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 position to the background a little bit. Um, we've talked on the show before about some of the other big names out there, but guys like Junior Colson out, out of Michigan, guys like Edrin Cooper out of Texas A&M, or Jemiah Trotter uh, Jr. with the obvious NFL lineage of, lineage of his father being an Eagle, um, you, know, him, you know, but him out of Clemson. All those guys, I think, are guys that the Steelers could reasonably get in either round two or round three. So that way they, they are still getting, you know, some of those prime positions, you know, center, tackle, offensive tackle, you know, cornerback, one of those positions early, and then still finding a way to get one of these guys. Even a guy like Cedric Gray out of North Carolina, I like some of his tape. Another another ACC guy that I've gotten a chance to watch in person. Um, I, I think that linebacker, it's one of, the, one of their positional needs that doesn't get talked about as much because – People look back and they see, well, Landon Roberts was pretty good. And if Cole Holcomb's back, then everything's fine. Um, but I, I do think the Steelers could use the linebacker of the future sooner rather than later being on this roster. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I sort of view it like defensive line almost. Um, they're good when they're healthy, but mm. they haven't been healthy lately. And you got age added into that equation, which always is a precursor to injury as well. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I agree with you. Landon Roberts was terrific. Um, but, you know, you, you can't go into a season counting on him to have that type of season again. You certainly count, can't count on Cole Holcomb to come back from that devastating knee injury. Um, you know, and hopefully we'll find out more, um, you know, about that injury this week or next week whenever we get to speak with the Steelers. But, um, you know, where he is in his rehab, Chris, is going to um, – I think play a big role in where they draft a guy or how they allocate allocate money in free agency. So um, it's a very important position on the defense. Of course, they can go out and re-sign Quan Alexander again if they can come to terms with that. But I agree with you. Eventually, they got to get younger at that position. They got to take another stab at it, right? You can't be scared off because you yeah. missed Devin Bush. You got to take another swing and uh, see if you get it right this time. Whether that happens in the first round, second round, third round, I don't know. But uh, I do agree they have to get younger at that position. Yeah, and, and again, like having a linebacker who can who can who can relay them, you know, not only communicate, relay relay the signals, and be heading that moment, but also make big make big plays against the run and the pass. 
that could bring the defense together. Because, again, this defense still has Minka Fitzpatrick and Joey Porter Jr. in the secondary that everyone's really excited to see come back. The defensive front, even with the questions with, you know, you know who's going to re- you know, replace Cam Hayward in the future, you know, Hayward and Benton and Ogunjobi are solid, while, you know, Watt and Highsmith are the, the best edge duo in football, in my in my opinion. And you look at you look at that, if you could find a linebacker who can kind of lead that group and kind of connect those two units, the secondary and, and the defensive front, that could make this a great defense again. And that's yeah. where it sometimes does. And I think the last time that the Steelers were getting close to, well, well actually that's not true. They were a great defense in 2019. Uh, and they really didn't have that, that kind of a presence. Devin Bush was solid in that, in that year. But I, yeah. I felt like when the Steelers have been at their best linebacker has been the prior uh, has been a major part of it. You think back to the James yeah. Ferrier days, right. you think back to the, even when Ryan Chazier was on the field, it was a completely yeah. different defense and they haven't had a linebacker like that since Ryan Chazier. Yeah, even Timmons, you know, once once yeah. Farrier once Farrier kind of got older, Timmons was that guy. Then Timmons got older, Shazier took over. So I agree with you. They, they tried to solve the, this issue with with Devin Bush. They thought it was important enough to trade up uh, ten picks in the first round to try to get that guy. Um, so um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, it, it, it's funny where the the first day we get to interview guys. Um, it's really two two pretty shallow position groups with with the D tackles and the inside linebackers. You know, we all the talk about offensive linemen and receivers. Well, we don't get to talk about and write about them until later in the week. So, I, I think there's going to be a few guys to write about at D tackle and inside linebacker um, t- uh, today. But uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those years where there's a few good players, but there's really not a lot of depth at either of those positions. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit more, uh, taking a step back and looking at the, at the Steelers and where they are in trying to assemble their defense of the future, because that's kind of what this podcast is going to has just been all about. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Stick with us. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato from Indianapolis, getting ready to uh, cover more aspects of the combine. Now, Ray, I I think it's interesting because some people, whenever I start talking about defensive prospects, they're like, what, you know, outside a corner, why are you like looking at defense? This, this, This offense stunk last year. You need to get a new lineman. Some people say you need to get a new quarterback. Sometimes people say you need to get a new wide receiver. And you know what? I think... All those things certainly are needs, but I, I think the Steelers need to start getting on the younger side of a few positions on, on, on defense. You know, TJ Watt was on the younger side for quite some time. You know, he was he, that was what made him so special is that he was a young guy being a superstar for the Steelers. He's not young anymore. He's about to turn 30. He's, you know, he's, he's now in his prime, I'd say. And, you know, he probably has a few more years of, of, of that, but you need to find other young guys. Like even Alex Highsmith, he's now aging out of being young. Like he's not, yeah. he's not a secret anymore. They need more guys, you know, like Keanu Benton, like Joey Porter Jr., like Nick Herbig, you know, guys who can who can play and be really good and be really good fits. You know, some of them be really good role players, some of them be really good stars. And they need those players, which is why I think hitting in these in these positions in the draft this year are so important for the traje- trajectory the Steelers want to put themselves at. Yeah, I mean, listen, Chris, um, we, we just got done talking about Devin Bush. They haven't used a first-round pick on a defensive player since 2019. Mm. 
And in a lot of the subsequent years, they went offense rounds one, rounds two. Now, last year was a little bit different. Um, if you remember, Broderick Jones came at pick number 14, but they actually went corner at 32 and then Benton mm. in the middle of the second round. So that I think they started that youth movement last year. And I, you know, there's several different directions they can go. And I think a lot of the draft is going to depend on what happens in free agency. But I, I do agree with you that um, it's time to address the defense. Uh, you cannot, um, you know, ha- have the same core forever. I mean, they were extremely, extremely lucky to have TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Cam Hayward all in their prime at the, at the same time. It's just unfortunately for them, their offense wasn't ready to, to, to be a championship caliber team. And it kind of wasted some really, really good defensive years um, in that process. Um, there's nothing you could do about that now, but you don't want to get caught on the other side of it. And when your offense gets good, your defense is lagging. So I, I do agree with you. I, I think um, it's something they have to pay attention to here. You know, the nice thing is the salary cap went up a little bit more than, than maybe people thought it was going to go up. Um, so they do have a little bit more money in free agency they could spend potentially on the defense. Um, so that's another avenue that they they can they can sort of look at here. But, uh, yeah, 2019, the last time they used a first-round pick, you got to start adding those marquee guys for that next generation of great Steelers defenses. Absolutely. I, I think that that's, that's something that the Steelers – are looking at I, I think that they they recognize that um and it'll be interesting to see how Andy Weidel wants to go about that because again like you look back to some of the the, the the Eagles drafts that they had and the emphasis they put on just being stronger in the trenches and winning winning there and that's very important but you know they they also need playmakers on defense and they need guys that'll be part of that that new youth move, movement and I, I just I think back to like you like you were saying like when Lawrence Timmons came on to the Steelers he was a first round pick but he didn't have to start right away because they had Larry Foote and they had James, James Ferrier but when he was ready to start he was a rock for that defense he put everything together he was a great playmaker for them uh you know I think one of the more unsung guys of that and to your point about you know what the defense it rose up right at the time. Uh, you know, because you, people, you know, think of the, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt and Cam Hayward, and they think, well, that was that was always a great defense. It really wasn't a great defense until Minka Fitzpatrick got there in 2019. And that was only gotten because of, you know, the Dolphins thought with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, being, being out for the season, the Steelers were going to be toast. They weren't going to they were going to be like a top 10 pick and they were giving away. That's what they thought they were getting instead. Of, I think they got 17th overall that year. Um, with 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 where they were, and, and they ended up getting a guy named Austin Jackson, an offensive tackle, and it was kind of a meh. You know, the Steelers clearly won that trade because of that. But that's the tricky balance thing that that all GMs have to, and in front offices have to try to figure out a way to put together. Because when you're when when you're carrying a team with a great defense and an okay offense, can you make that offense good enough to win your football games with a great defense without? Yeah losing the strength that you have on defense because this is the nfl is not for long some in, in, in a lot of respects and yeah. you don't know how long you're going to have certain cores together yeah i mean listen just you know i haven't studied the free agency pool as deeply as i have the draft but it just seems to me that this is a deeper defensive free agency class than, than maybe offense if you look at and I know Justin Matabuike and Chris Jones are probably going to get tagged, but you got mm-hmm. Christian Wilkins, um, you got DJ Reader, you got a couple other defensive tackles who 
who could be options. Um, and even linebacker, you know, I, Roquan Smith is, is obviously the best inside linebacker for the Ravens, but, you know, Patrick Queen is now a free agent and they got to make some decisions, you know. So do, you know, this is what Andy and Omar are going to have to figure out. Do you allocate money in free agency and maybe make a splash on defense because that's a stronger class in free agency? And then maybe you adjust the offense in the draft. I mean, this is, these are all things that are going to be discussed here in the next two weeks or so. So, um, you know, we'll figure that out by the time the, the middle of March rolls around. I think it'll be much better defined in terms of where they're going to go in the draft. But, um, you know, it just seems to me that if they are going to make any moves in free agency this year, Chris, it's probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball, maybe center. You know, I could see them center, maybe a, you know, a low tier fourth or fifth receiver. But I think if they're going to make a splash, I think it'll be uh, in free agency. I think it'll be on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it would be smart to do so, you know, especially if I think if you can find a corner, a veteran corner that you can pay and, and you can pair with Joey Porter Jr. You know, Patrick Peterson was supposed to be that guy. Obviously, he aged out of really being an, an efficient outside cornerback, maybe getting a guy who isn't aging out of being an outside cornerback could be the right fit for your defense and open more things up for what you can do in the secondary again to free up more chances for make Fitzpatrick to to be in the position to be an x-factor playmaker we're covering it all here from indianapolis where the nfl combine is going wednesday we talked to defensive linemen and linebackers defensive backs the day after that but Get all of our written work at post-gazette.com. Find us here on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our Monday, Monday and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast, but also all the daily content that comes out from all of our sports writers. We're all over the place right now. Noah Hiles is in South Carolina after Pitt Clemson uh, on, on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason Mackey's in Bradenton, Florida, covering, you know, pi- Pirates, you know, prior spring training. We're in Indianapolis. The, the play, everyone is everywhere. And I think, yeah, the pen, Matt Vensel and our Penguins team, they're out on the West Coast getting ready for their road trip. The Post-Gazette, we're everywhere covering all things Pittsburgh sports. You can get it all here on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. We're back Friday here in the North Shore Drive podcast, breaking down what we've learned from talking to some of the prospects and what we're seeing here at the Combine. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.